Welcome to the Crazy Egg Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. Thanks for taking a listen, no matter where you are. Thanks for making this part of your day. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone's week is going well. <clears throat> so, just gonna um, finish up some notes on Ike Volos. The other day was more of a rant than really discussing the podcast. I mean, I didn't even finish watching most of the game. On replay, as I mentioned, I was out of town for the day. Uh, so I want to go over <clears throat> some notes now that things are a little more calm. I won't apologize for some of the stuff that I said. You know, I mean, I'm a passionate Ike fan, and I apologize if anyone else from any other club got offended at the whole Gavro to Vora, Gavro to Noto talk. That's just going to come out. Sorry. Uh, so I'm going to go over some news and then go over, <clears throat> recap some of the other results over the weekend and talk about, obviously, some of the controversy and like I said Friday, I said this, and I've said it from the beginning of the season, those of you that have watched Greek football for years, it doesn't matter how old you are, if you've been a fan of this league, and no offense to any of you Backwest fans out there, but or Pauk fans, but over the past few seasons, we've seen them get the calls, and we've seen the refereeing give them that little nudge. Now, I could be wrong. Of course, this is how it's viewed from... An outside fan's perspective, I could be wrong about it. It could be straight up a, a Greek refereeing issue, and I don't understand why this stuff happens, but I'll get into that later. Let's move on with some news with Ike. <clears throat> they signed Nicholas Eliasson, a winger, Swedish international. Um, can play really both sides. He's We're going to designate him most likely towards the right, I think. But he can also play the left side. I think he's listed on Transfer Mart as a left left midfielder, actually. But can also play the right. He's a player that is rumored to have experience in the system that uh, Almeida likes to play, the 3-5-2. Which I know, hearing other people talk about this, they're not real big fans of. Especially with how old the backs are. Ex-backs are. Um, today I heard on the radio that... Uh, Harold is going to start probably this coming weekend, which is a good sign. It's probably going to be uh, Zavellas in that central um, central center back position, and then to the right Vida, and to the left Harold, which is going to hopefully we'll get to see what this guy's about. And um, actually, Almeida this morning it was announced that he is allowing reporters in the training sessions, which is actually a good sign. And a lot of people had positive things to say. They liked the way they saw Almeida working on the team and whatnot, uh, and the stuff that he was working on. And it's also rumored that uh, Petros Mandalos, which I know Ike fans had issues with, whether right or wrong, he's going to be out of the lineup and they're going to put uh, Levy Garcia is actually going to start, so it's going to be Araujo and Levy Garcia at the very top. Um, hopefully we'll see some better things out of Ike, honestly, <clears throat> and I hope this player works out. I'm a little nervous that we paid almost, I think in total, it comes out to like $2 million for this guy, especially being the fact that he's he was in the second French division. He's a good eight, football age, uh, 27, I think. Um you know, if he pans out, it's going to be great for Ike. It's going to be great for the system. It's what Almeida wants. 
I just, you know, French football is not my favorite, and uh, I just don't know how that's going to pan out. But we'll see what happens. Um, let's give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully he'll be able to help the team out. Of course, I watched some highlight reels on on YouTube, but of course they can make anybody look great on YouTube. I've seen other players look great on YouTube. And let's not forget, they're coming to Ike, where lately even great players that come to Ike, they become greater when they leave. I won't get into that again. Uh, let's talk about some departures. Michelin, I think he went on loan to Bordeaux with an option to buy. Most likely he, he'll be gone. Uh, Delect is out. <laughs> Asarifat is out. Bakakis is out, which, you know, good for him. I'm glad he's getting an opportunity somewhere. He's finally getting cut loose. He should have been cut loose last year. Um, Big-time player, had a lot of upside, just had been really injury-riddled the last few years. I really wish him all the best. There's rumors that he's going back to Panathinaikos. We'll see another rumor that um, I heard yesterday was Mito Club being linked with Club Bruges, which I think for him would actually be great. Uh... I, I mean, you guys have heard my feelings on Mitoglu before. I really like him. I wish I would keep him and develop him. I wish in general, most Greek teams and even, you know, more specifically, obviously, Ike, would keep some of these younger Greek talents and actually develop them and incorporate them into the team. I mean, listen, last year, what was the issue with bringing in other players you know like I mean, you know I've, I've talked about this a lot I don't want to get into it again with Albanis and Majeras and all these players and players that have left in the past I seem to talk about that every episode because it's something that really really frustrates me so overall man I think taking a look at it now after a few days calming down after that shocking loss to Volos hands up hands down to Volos man like they 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 changed their game plan they're manager changed, you know, got sacked after that first week. They came in with a totally different game plan, looked different, played what they needed to play, and got the result they needed to get. Um, so big ups to them. They, uh, like I was saying, they came in, did what they needed to do. They looked different. Uh, rewatching the game. You know, those first few those first few minutes, man, it was just like Ike was just getting attacked. I mean, I tweeted about this and I talked about it on the last podcast where I was away and I was just looking at the stats and I was like, what the hell is going on, you know? Uh, Garcia did not look as bad. I know I, I said a lot of stuff about Garcia. He came in as a sub in the second half. He actually was one of the best players in the second half. I just couldn't get through it, guys. I was so pissed off at that point that I was like, I, I can't sit here and watch this today. I need to... Watch it more with a clearer head. Uh, Gatsinovic played a heck of a game. Um, he's rumored to start this week in place of uh, Amrabat, who showed nothing in the, la- in the last game. But the thing is, we're playing players out of position. Amrabat in his whole career has never played in this position, has never played that. The, when you play this position in football, is the way it's been explained to me, and all the stuff that I've listened to this week, and a great show to listen to if you're a Greek speaker is, um, I said it before, Enosidli at GR does these uh, kind of talk shows on um, on YouTube, and they do a really good job. And this season, um, the main the guy that runs the site, Stavros uh, Kasazoglu, is um, doing a show every Monday night with uh, Vasilis Borbokis. 
and um, you know, an old. Uh, I think he was a. I want to say he played in all positions, but I think for Ike, I think he played in that back position, uh, right back. But he, you know, gets into this and starts talking about it, and he's like, "For you to play this position in the system that you that you need a player like this, Rota would fit that bill better." I personally don't like Rota's abilities up front. Um, I like him better in the back. I know some people feel the opposite, actually. But Rota is younger, is faster, because you need to track back, because you don't have a back protecting you. Like, when you're moving up, if Amrabat is used to playing wing or forward most of his career, he you're pushing up the score. Well, you also need to track back, because if you don't track back and defend and press then you're leaving your center back wide open uh, or your your defense and your center backs wide open. So we'll see. You know, I still have the same concerns about Almeida, about the team being stagnant, about him not making the great managerial <clears throat> decisions. He's still trying to figure out the league. And, you know, I, I've started to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit because, yes, it's frustrating because this guy took over the club so early five months ago before last season was over. So he's had a lot of time to do homework, to watch films, to figure out how to what formula he needs to use to succeed in the Greek League, in the Greek Super League. And that's what was frustrating to me was that we were not getting chances in this game. We were getting up there. We were pressing. We were pressuring. But it wasn't like they were, like, Volos was being bombarded or we were putting constant pressure on Volos and it looked like we were going to score and we had, you know, half chance after half chance and had shots that hit the bar and hit the crossbar, hit the, the Lucati or whatnot. So it did seem like he switched it in the middle of the game to a 4-3-3. Um, in other news... <clears throat> to kind of get away from that a little bit and kind of try to make this podcast move a little faster. Uh, Ike are still looking to sign players. I've talked about that before. Still looking to sign a forward. Still looking to sign... um, For me, personally, they have to sign a right back because if disaster hits, and let's say Almeida's out at some point this season and soon at some point this season, which I don't really want them to go through that coaching carousel again. I've talked about that. I really want some continuity in this team. I really want a manager to stay all year. But if it's if if it's before talking about a month from now, not even a month from now, if he doesn't get results in the next two games, at least let's say a win in this week and then a draw in La Foro, or the best. I mean, what we really really want, obviously, as Ike fans, is a win and a win. Get six points in the next two games and the team to look better. Um, you know, he could be out even after the Panathinaikos games. As many, you know, Debbie Downers, to put it in that terms, Ike fans have said, like, I've talked about this one Ike fan that I heard that said he's going to be out by the Panathinaikos game. Maybe this guy's a fortune teller and and uh, knows something that we don't know. Anyway, but if he's out, then we need to prepare the team just in case because you cannot then bring in a, bring in a coach or another manager that would want to play a more traditional system, both in modern football and uh, for the Greek league, like a 4-3-3 or what have you formation, and not and only have one right back, which is Rota. What if Rota gets hurt? Then, you, then you're screwed. Then we're talking about the same 
we're going this downhill roller coaster of, oh, you know, January transfer window, we need a right back, we need this, we need that. It's just going to be a headache for the, for, the, for the club as a whole, both for the fans and the front office if that happens. I'm very uh, hopeful that we're going to get some more transfers in. There's rumors that we're going to get um, decent bench players in. And guys, remember, like the transfer window in most leagues ends today, August 31st. For us, it doesn't end till September 15th, which I have to hand it to them. I mean, when Epoch does something good, I'll uh, applaud them. That was something good that Epoch did, extending that transfer window because we can still make we can still make deals we can still make uh free transfer moves after that and then you have till the end of the month to pick up free players after the 15th you have to the end of the month players that are cut loose you can pick up some players like that i remember last year uh i want to say rota and amrabat if i'm not mistaken came in on a free transfer or came in at a, during a I, I don't know how how they call it in football, but here in the States, we call it a free agency, kind of. Um, so that should be able to help us. Uh, looking forward, I'm going to I'm gonna put out another podcast. Probably, this, this is going to be back-to-back today and tomorrow. Simply because I don't have time the rest of the weekend. But I'll put out another podcast to kind of preview the match against Pascanana. Very big match coming up. I feel like we need all three points. If we slip up in this match, then there's going to be issues. There's going to be grumbles. Hopefully the team can get off to to a nice start because this crowd is going to get very antsy and is going to get, is going to lay into the players and the entire organization if the same thing happens that happened this past weekend, that Ike comes out flat against this Yanana team, and Yanana are going to be desperate <clears throat> for a result because they haven't, uh, I think they've only got one point. So, and again, you can't, team management really needs to watch this because, yes, we're going into a new stadium. Everybody's going to be pumped about going into that new stadium. We keep talking about it. But on the other hand, they charged so much money for these tickets for the cost of living in Greece, that it is insane. And Ike fans showed up, man. Ike fans showed up because we're excited. The stadium means a lot to Ike. You know, not to go down a rabbit hole, guys, but Ike has this amazing history. It's a reason that as I grew older and learned more and more about this history, being a refugee club, what have you, just learning more and more facts about it, about that, and... Uh, being a big history buff myself, it made me love and appreciate the team more. But one of the biggest things that I did was this, the old stadium that was there was built by the fans, literally. Like, fans got off of work back then. The butcher, the baker, the person owning the mini market across the street, whomever could help with their hands and knees, and they're, they're building materials, and they built the stadium themselves. That meant a lot, especially that a lot of those people, I know Ike, Ike fans like myself that don't have uh, that refugee lineage, um, there's a lot of us out there now. They're, you know, they're very mixed. It doesn't necessarily mean just because you're, you're an Ike fan, you come from that lineage, but the people that come from that lineage 
that helped start the club, that means a lot to those people and the relatives of those people. So the Ike Stadium, it means so much. And to have 25,000 season tickets at those prices, let me tell you, there were people on the, there are people that I, Ike fans that I've listened to on the radio, callers that have called into shows that straight up said, like, I can't afford this. And I feel so bad for them. Like, I wish I had the extra money to be like, Fila, go, go have at it, man. Like, go have fun. You've loved the team. I've heard you on the radio every single day. You know, some people did it out of protest because they're like, this is ridiculous that they're charging this much. Anyway, to kind of put a bow on this, the club, and another thing that I heard, you know, sorry, backtracking. Another thing that, the, that I heard people saying is people are sacrificing stuff in their daily lives. I heard one guy talk about, I'm an ex-smoker. Kids don't smoke. Nobody should smoke. Stop it while you can. Trust me. It's not good for you. But like I said, I'm going to give up cigarettes so I can go watch Ike at a guest of ya. <laughs> the poor guy. If we keep going on this trajectory, I'm worried for the guy because he's going to come back smoking the Placia Cigarra with the Carnes de Prín. Double the cigarettes that he did before because <laughs> it's going to look it looks so tragic right now. Um, but people just making these sacrifices so they could be there. <clears throat> like I said, to put a bow on this, that's going to turn people around because... I mean, not turn people around, but it's going to tick them off because they're going to be sitting there in the stands. They're going to be seeing this crap football. You know, like I labeled my last part, podcast, Oh Brother, Here We Go Again. Shades of what we've seen the past four years. And then on top of it, in the back of your head to think, man, I had to sacrifice, you know, my child's for the studio, my child's tutoring for this. I had to sacrifice, you know, going out on weekends with my family for this, to come see this. And trust me, if I was in that position, I would let everyone and anyone around me hear it. I wouldn't give a crop. So let's move on. Let me um, talk about these Super League results. Uh, actually, one more thing I want to mention about this, guys, <clears throat> really quickly, is my fear is if we go through a couple more years like this, and I know I'm overreacting a little bit with what went on over the weekend, it was just, you didn't expect that from Ike, especially playing this Volos team. Like I said, credit to Volos, because they came out, got the result, played a different ball game from different plan from what they had the week before, and got the result that they needed. My fear coming out of this, like I said again, I don't want to be overreacting, but is that long-term... If this keeps on for another two or three years, there being a major culture change at Ike. Because as an IGT, from the time I was younger, I never saw myself inferior to Panathinaikos and Olympiacos. I always saw myself as we're right up there on top. Yeah, we don't always we don't always win the title. Some years maybe we're not in the hunt. But growing up in the Watching this team from the mid-90s and on, especially from the mid-90s to probably the mid-2000s. I never thought of myself as inferior. I just saw myself as a contender. I just saw myself as a contender. There were great teams ahead of us most years. But some years, I mean, there were years where we lost the championship on equal points with Olympiacos. And even having a better record head-to-head against Olympiacos, that was hard for me for my American brain to wrap my head around um, that we head to head because in most American sports, that's what counts in standings. I know American sports is a little different because we work on our 
regular season basis and then the playoff basis. The regular season, it's always head-to-head, I think, in most sports here in America that leapfrogs you in front of the other team. But we lost the the Protasimon goal difference with Olympiacos. One year, we had a game, two games before the end of the season, we were up by one point, and all we needed was a tie, and we lost Olympiacos, a good Olympiacos team, don't get me wrong. Um, but we were always there. This this crap with losing to this crappy Olympiacos team, no offense to any Olympiacos fans, and losing and being 20 points behind and getting... No offense, I don't want to offend any Ike fans by saying this, but you, you guys know it's true. Getting one Svalada after the other from Luchescu and being talked down to from freaking Luchescu and Pauk out of all teams, who, yes, Savidis came in and his, he has built that team up and good for him. They're a massive club in Greece and we need... I, I want to see Aris do well, I want to see Pauk do well, and I want to see Rakhlis one day do well because I feel like they have massive support in that city and in that area in Greece, and that would be tremendously great for Greek football. But come on, this this has never happened in our history before, you know? Um, so I'm worried that if we don't correct these things now, a few years from now, we're going to have a complete culture change. We're going to have supporters start bowing out like they've already had in Greek football, and that's a discussion for another day. People that have lost support, <clears throat> people that stopped supporting or watching Greek football simply because, for the same reasons that I've stated before, there's better football on TV to watch. There's better football. Uh, you know, I'll get to this in a minute, talking about the controversy in the Lubecos game, where you kind of feel cheated at times, watching Greek football. And if they don't perform, it doesn't matter how shiny this new stadium is, we're going to lose more, more younger supporters. Uh, fans are going to start losing interest. People that have this, this, this trella, this capsura, this... Uh, craziness like like me you people listening to this podcast we're always going to follow the club we're going to we follow the club to the third division we follow the club everywhere i'm always going to follow this club no matter how pissed off i am in greek football i'm in ict for life and that's it uh, but that culture could change and we could be like one of those again no offense to Pac fans we could be like Pac was 20 years ago we're kind of hovering at mid-table. Some years we go to Europe, we do good. We win a cup here and there. That's not Ike. Ike is a contender. Ike is always a contender for the championship and for the Kipolo and to do well in Europe. That's how I grew up. That's the club I grew up supporting. That's the appetite I have from this organization that's running the club right now. That's the demands that I have. And I think that most Ike fans feel the same way. But let's move on to talking about the results over the weekend. And I, I don't mean to gloat, but <laughs> I said it Friday. I called it. I said a lot of these matchups look like matchups where... So I've decided instead of saying the top five or whatever, because that could change, that could confuse people. Let's say the big five. By the big five, I mean Olympiacos, Panathinaikos, Ike, Paukaris. You guys know what I'm talking about when I say the big five. And I'm going to go over their scores. I said these could be a lot of games where the big five could slip up. Case in point, Adis. And I even said it again uh, for Adis. Shout out to my friend Manoli that said he was going to listen to this podcast. Uh, Manoli is my friend from uh, Thessaloniki in Arano that I met many years ago vacationing in Greece. And me and him have kind of kept in touch. 
I was messaging him a few weeks ago, telling him, you know, your team looks good. They looked so good in Europe, even though they were playing that team from Belarus. And we just kept in touch. And he said that, you know, like, dude, don't even look at those results. There's turmoil at this club. Like, things are not what they seem. They were talking heads both in Greece, both in other English Greek football podcasts here, like... uh Shout out to Hellas Football. They put on a great podcast, Gate 7 International. All those guys that do um, talk in English. I wouldn't put myself in that category yet, but one could hope that I could get as many followers and listeners as they do. But people were very high on Adis. And this kind of took me back when my friend said this, because I know he follows the team very closely. He doesn't have any insight as far as, like, he's not involved with the team at all, but he told me he's like, things look different than they do. And they go out and get smashed by Panathinaikos' side, which I predicted, and a lot of people predicted was going to be fighting for relegation again. And then they fire Burgos after the game. Burgos gets sacked. Stupid, stupid move for Adis for me, because you have all these Latin players, you have no Greek players... And that was Burgos's, I think, fourth loss in the league. And you're going to fire him already? There was rumors, I heard this today, and I actually heard it, and I don't mean to borrow this from Elas Football, but the guys on Elas Football were talking about it, how uh, there were rumors that the players didn't like the training. I guess that's what my friend uh, from Saloniki was also talking about. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do now, because this is the problem that I've mentioned before with teams having so many non-Greek players. You don't have anybody that's going to play for the Fanella. And now you are you have to go into a derby next week with Pauk. That game, I'm going to tell you right now in my previews, I don't know what to predict for that game. But let's move on. Let's go to uh, Panathinaikos. 2-0, get their victory at Ofi. Ofi looks like they're in shambles right now. Panathinaikos just played better, had more chances. Took well of their chances from what I heard and what I saw in the highlights and just put the game away. I just went down there and got the win. There's not much more to say about this. Right now, Panathinaikos look like the best team in the Super League. We'll see how that's going to, you know, turn out. Um, they're on top, I think. It's nice to... It's not, I wouldn't say it's nice because they're a rival. But to see Panathinaikos get competitive again, I know the fans have been waiting for this for a while. They've suffered, I wouldn't say not as much as Ike fans did, because we actually ended up in the in the third division and going bankrupt and you know all that jazz from a few years ago. But they have suffered through some of the mistakes Alafuzos made in the beginning. Um, they don't like the fact that Alafuzos is so close to Manianakis, but that's a different conversation. Uh, and this is another reason why I don't find it, I find it so fascinating that Karepidis, Ari's owner, got rid of Burgos so fast because, what did I say at the beginning of the season? Ari's, Panathinaikos, and Pauk have one thing in common. They have returning managers, and that was one thing that, and they were all coming off of decent years. And that was one thing, one advantage that I felt like these teams had, and one thing that was going to contribute to the league being more competitive, so I that's a I don't know I don't know if Karapidis doesn't know football that well or what the heck he's doing. You have all these players with major salaries. You brought in all this talent from Latin America, from Spain. Uh, I just don't. I personally, they have a lot of talent there, so they can turn it around. 
but I just don't see this ending well for 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 Adis. But my point to this was going to be that that Jovanovic, you could tell, has built a team, a solid team, playing team football. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, so let's see how it goes. Balk, <coughs> moving on. Balk got the victory 2-1 against the Thromitos, literally on the last kick of the game. Not much to say here. And I will say good, I'll say good stuff about all teams, okay? This is called the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast, but also I want to keep it kind of neutral at times. So when I see good things, even if I, for example, I, like most Greek fans that aren't Pac fans, despise Luchescu. Despise Luchescu because I feel like there's a gentleman's way to play football. There's times when you can get crazy and get kind of fanish, and that's okay for the fans to get kind of crazy. But as far as like, the ownership, it's one of the things I don't like about Greek football, when the ownership comes out and talks, or when the managers come out and talk, and all the stuff that Luchescu said, I just don't like the guy, man, honestly. He's a great manager. I couldn't believe my ears last year when Ike actually was considering bringing him in. From a managing perspective, I can understand that. And I wouldn't. And if he wasn't so harsh with Ike and didn't say the things that he did because of that title year where he was always calling us, you know, paper champions and cleftis and this and that. Yeah, cleftis, man and mis. Go talk to your owner about cleftis, asamas. Anyway, but I'll give credit where credit's due. Their young players played well. Their young players have played well. They have performed well. I heard some of them were moving on. So that's one thing that I like that Balk did. They still look old. To me personally, I feel that Luchescu's time is up. I hope they make the same mistake that Odibiakos did, but I feel like the longer you let Luchescu in, they're making the same mistake Odibiakos did, where they're keeping him way too long because they're getting results. And eventually the bottom's going to fall out. The results aren't going to go that way. And another thing I have to give credit to to Balk is that they have this luck lately the past few years like take for example the games against us last year most of the games we outplayed them we outplayed them we wouldn't get the results that we wanted obviously the first game I feel like they deserve to win even though still we were the better side in the both games in the cup we were the better team they just were able to get the result they were able to get the goals we were the better team in both cup matches um, anyone who doesn't say that is, you don't know football. No offense, but it's the truth. Uh, but they have this ability. I mean, those of you that watch Premier League and have watched it for years, remember Fergie in the English press, they used to call it Fergie time. They have this thing where you can call it Lutescu time where they get results at the end of the game. Olympiacos have this thing when they have their, their awesome teams uh, where they just got results. It didn't matter. Like, I remember being a kid and thinking a, a game like the other day, like Olibekos played, where it was 0-0, I was like, they're going to get the goal. They're going to somehow, they're going to find a way to get a goal. This is how this team works. I feel like Bob has that luck. But my thought process is Bob should have gotten rid of Lutescu over the summer when they bowed out of Europe and kind of restarted from there. I feel like, it's going to bottom out at some point. They're going to get bad results. They're going to fire him or he's going to quit at some point in the middle of the season. And then I don't feel that Balk have the togetherness, the team yet. They're a young team. Like Olibercos, we see Olibercos restocking and 
they're trying to build something and they could build something very quickly. I don't feel like Bauk have that capability. So let's move on. Let's move on to Asteras Tripolis Olympiacos. Zero, zero. Before I get to the controversy of the goal, let me say this. Olympiacos definitely deserved to win this game. They had chance after chance. They had their chances. They looked good. They just didn't finish, in my opinion. So let's compare this game to the Ike Volos game. If I had played the way Olibagos did, yes, I would still be pissed off that they lost. But I would say, for example, we've all watched games where the ball just doesn't want to go in no matter how much you press, no matter how hard you try, how many chances you get. That's what makes football football. That's what, to me, makes this sport amazing, that you can dominate in every facet of the game, every statistic of the game, except the most important one, that putting the ball in the back of the net. You could utterly dominate your opponent. That doesn't happen in very many sports. That's what makes the sport unique. Uh, it makes it ugly when that happens because that means the, like in Greek football, they'll park the bus and just work off the counter. You know, I mean, you ha- you've heard critics, most of you that, have, that are Greek football fans and especially fans of the national team, that us winning the Euro was probably one of the ugliest football performances as far as formations and the, the beauty of the game. I know Agli get pissed off, but Agli can, can kiss my colo because they, uh, it's never coming home, even though I kind of like the English national team. Um, <laughs> you know, they, people talked about how it was the most unattractive football, but it was results-based. Um, so that being said, Olibeko should have won this game. And if Ike had looked the same way, like where we missed chance after chance, it was entertaining, it was... In full disclosure, I didn't watch this game, I just watched the highlights... Some of the talking heads in Greece do not share this opinion. They felt that Olympiacos didn't play that well, but I felt like they, they played well. They really should have gotten the result. But the big thing in this game, that goal that was disallowed for an offensive foul, that just, oh my gosh. Anybody who sees this, and I'm sorry if you're an Olympiacos fan, there's no excuse. And like I said before, teams like Olympiacos and Pauk, for some reason, they've been getting the calls the last few years. I'm not trying. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I would want to say that we've come, we've raised above that as a football nation in some ways. In some ways, not. Um, where I don't feel like it's corruption or someone's getting paid off. Maybe it is that referees just suck. Then that needs to be addressed. That needs to be fixed. Um, Clownoberg's replacement, Bennett, came out and um, basically said that, like, these referees are crap and they need to go back to to learning how to actually become referees. And the fact he didn't even go to VAR, he just made the call on, on his own and um, he just made the call on his own, didn't even go to VAR. I heard that the VAR guy also, the VAR referee, also got suspended, so... But what are you going to do by suspending these people? Yeah, you're going to hit their pockets a little bit. They need to be trained. They need to be properly trained. If we're paying all this money to bring FIFA in with Clownenberg last year, who was, oh my gosh, that guy, you guys remember my rant in my, I think my first or second episode of this podcast with him. And that's why I call him Clownenberg, because he's a freaking clown. But you're paying all this money to bring these people in. What are you paying this money to bring these people in for just for show? Just to, to tell the fans that the fans 
we're smart football fans, man. We're especially if you've been watching it for years. I'm not gonna say that I'm, you know, you guys know this podcast. I don't deep dive into formations, tactics, and whatnot because I haven't played in years. I just, from a strictly fans perspective, tell you what I see. And do they think we're stupid or do they just not care? I don't know. I don't know, guys. I feel like right now is an opportunity not to get into this. I want to get into this when I eventually get to that podcast about talking about the city of Greek football. But right now, with all the major, the five major clubs having decent backing, decent ownership, and decent front front offices, obviously, as Ike fans, we could make an argument about that. <laughs> um, I think it's an opportunity to finally lift this sport up, but and lift Greek football up. But I feel like these owners care more about their egos than their egos and their relationships with each other than making this happen. But I digress after that, guys. Um, you know, for me personally, it was a nice weekend. It was... I, after, after those other results came in, I kind of calmed down because I felt like same thing's going to happen. Everybody's going to get a win. Everybody's going to look great except for us. And that was really going to knock me down. Not to say that I ever pay attention to what other teams do a lot. But, you know, I mean, you have to try to keep it close. And this isn't a knock on Panathinaikos. They're a great team. Ivanovic has built a great team. But I'd rather have Panathinaikos three points ahead of me than have Olympiakos three points ahead of me. Because I feel like Olympiakos is that one team in the league, unfortunately, that they can really start going on a roll. They can start getting their little calls in the league. They could start going on a roll roll because they have such a big, such big, great talent that they can open that gap up. That if that gap up opens with Olympiacos, it's hard then for a team like Ike right now, as we are, unless we get better and we show improvement to cover that gap. With Panathinaikos, we still need to see what they're going to do on the road. We still need to see next week when they play against better competition against Ike. Hopefully I can get their S together and there can be a great derby next week. I'm kind of getting pumped about that game, even though I'm going to be out of town that weekend. I'm not going to be able to watch it. So let's see what happens, guys. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show. And guys, don't be shy to interact with me. If you guys have any questions about Ike or want me to cover anything more specific or just question about this, this podcast, some some topic that I discussed about, feel free to tweet at me, feel free to message me on Instagram and I'll talk about it on the next show, um, at crazy guy fan, both on Instagram and on Twitter. I have a Facebook page. You can also message me on Facebook, uh, crazy Ike fan and Opus Banda, Forza Ike, guys. And I'll talk to you guys later.